The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. So the resurrection story that we're going to be talking about this morning is from Luke 24. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold... Two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. As they were talking about these things after the fact with the disciples, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is God's word for his church. All right, everybody. So like I uh, said before, my name is Pastor Andrew Walker. I'm planting Axe Church Kyle this September, uh, if everything goes according to plan. Um, and I am privileged to, to, uh, to gather with you around the gospel, around God's word, and speak with you about that. So that's what, that's what we're going to do. We're in this series uh, through Lent, now into Easter, called His Father, Our Father. We're taking parts of the Lord's Prayer, breaking them down, talking about what they mean. We're at the close of that prayer, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Uh, talking about God's fame. And I've preached a few Easter sermons now since I've been out of seminary and every single year, every year without fail, I get stuck. I, I just get blocked because every year I, I think to myself, how, how do you even start? How do you even start talking about the single most important event, event that ever happened? How do you even start talking about something so crucial? I mean, the day that Christ actually changed the world. I mean, you think about it. Every event before the the rising of Christ, every event before that was leading up to it. 
Everything after it emanates from it. This is the crux of history. How do you even start talking about that and begin to do it justice? Because that day, that day Jesus became the most famous man in history. The most famous man who ever lived or whoever would live. And before he was even born, he had prophecies written about him. He had songs written about him. Before he even arrived on the scene, he was the most famous man in Israel, but soon the entire world would know who he is. That is a title that is hard to maintain. Typically, most people have somewhere around 15 minutes. Their fame comes and it goes, but for Christ to maintain the title of the most famous man in the world for over 2,000 years uh, is, is an accomplishment. I have some limited experience with fame, how it comes and it goes. Most of my experience was in my younger days, grade school, to a much more limited extent. So, for instance, one time I was putting on my coat, I was putting my arm through my sleeve, and right as it came out, this girl walked by. So I became known as the kid who beat up a girl. Uh, and I was famous in our, in our grade school for that. Not too long after that, I became famous for the kid who got beat up by a girl. Uh, and there was no misinterpretation of events that that happened. Um, I wore socks with sandals, some negative press there. Uh, fame is, is, a, is a fickle thing. All these things went away pretty quick, but it raises the point that there's a difference between good fame and bad fame. There's a difference between fame and infamy. So those of you who live in Texas or who have lived in Texas for, for a while know that Dr. Pepper is famous. Mr. Pibb is infamous. Uh, there, there's a big difference there. And, it's, um, it, and it can be fickle. I mean, we kind of slide from one scale to the other. And parents, you know this as well. So every single night, every night, in the span of an hour, dessert comes and I am famous in my house. And then bedtime comes and I am infamous in my house. I, it, it's quick. It is so quick. And it is so easy. And Christ knew this at the international level. He was the most famous man in Israel, quick to become the most infamous in Rome. Uh, when Jesus healed people, he became famous. When he said, I'm gonna fix your problem, that made him famous. But when he said your actual problem that needs fixing is a heart problem, it's sin, it's depravity, that made him infamous. And when he said, I will feed 5,000 people, when he did feed 5,000 people, that made him famous. But when he turned around and said, the food that you actually need is my body, my blood. That's what you need to feast on. That will fill you up. That made him infamous. A little more unpopular idea. And still he could get away with these things. Because he had become known as the Messiah. Now, the Messiah was this figure in Hebrew lore, this prophetic figure in Hebrew lore that would be anointed by God, empowered by God to do marvelous and fantastic things in Israel. He would be God's agent to remove his people out from bondage of whoever was holding them captive, to remove them from out, from out from under the boot heel of Rome, of Babylon, of Persia, the person who would draw them out of captivity and make them free again raise them up as God's chosen people. And not only that, 
the Messiah was closely associated with the coming of Yahweh. When God's Messiah would come, Yahweh would also come. Now, there, was a, there were a lot of messianic figures, rebellious people who tried to overthrow the Roman government and free Israel, that kind of thing. But all of them died, all of them failed. But when Jesus came and he started performing miracles like no one ever had, when he started preaching God's word authoritatively, not on behalf of somebody else, but only on his own behalf, when he started fulfilling prophecies in himself, hundreds of years old, that started creating this buzz around him as this Messiah. So much so that he entered Israel, he entered Jerusalem on the back of a donkey fulfilling a very famous prophecy. People were spreading their cloaks on the road before him, which is a sign that a new king is coming to take power and undo all the evil that has been done to Israel, to, to make new what needs to be done in Israel. Famous on that day. And what was the first thing he did? He goes straight to the temple. He makes a whip and he starts beating a bunch of salesmen, driving them out. That made him infamous. And it's hard to come back from that. Like, I mean, just, just imagine, just imagine being Jesus' publicist, his, his agent, whatever. He's like so famous <laughs> coming into Jerusalem and then, oh, he's beating people. All right, all right. You know, like how are, how are you going to spin this? How are you going to make it right? Just imagine Kanye after the VMAs, you know, like what that did to his career, like on a much greater scale. Uh, it's hard to come back from that. It's hard to come back from that. And the thing is, he wasn't even trying. He wasn't trying to come back from it. In fact, it was almost as if he was trying to make it worse. Because he starts talking about weird stuff. He starts spouting out heresy. That the temple of God, the, the center of Israelite society that was equated with God's presence among his people, he started saying things like, I'm going to tear this down and I'm going to rebuild it in a matter of days. He started saying things that would equate him with Yahweh, things that would make him infamous, and he wasn't trying to make it better. And if he wasn't going to spin it, then the leaders that wanted him dead would, and they did. They did such a good job of spinning it that he went from the most famous man Entering Jerusalem within the week, hanging on a cross, being railed at by the very same people that were spreading their cloaks on the ground to welcome him as king. Fame is a fickle thing, and Jesus knew it. Everyone thought that they had the Jesus problem solved, the most hated man in Israel, Everyone thought they had that problem solved when they killed him, but what they didn't realize was that they needed him infamous. They needed him dead. Then they needed him risen. They needed him famous. They didn't realize that they needed God himself to be debased in their midst, not only by taking on this sinful form of human flesh, but debased to hang in the midst of criminals unjustly as a criminal. And then to keep flesh 
as he rose from the dead. They didn't understand that they needed that. So when his disciples that were walking on this road after he had been killed didn't realize that he had raised from the dead, they're talking about it, trying to compute like how their leader could die and how they could have been so wrong and what was to happen next. He, he tells them, he lays it out for them, this had to happen. You needed this to happen. He says, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things? and enter into his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Not only did this have to happen, it was always the plan. It was there from the beginning. It had been prophesied. It had been foretold. It had been laid out by God from the foundation of the world. This needed to happen. It was under their nose and they didn't even realize it. So today, we celebrate the most critical event in history. How do you even start to talk about that? Jesus became the most famous figure for all time because we need him to be. I mean, you think about, think about that. Think about the nature of his fame. That here in Leander, Texas, today, 2017, he is just as relevant, if not more relevant, than he was on the other side of the world 2,000 years ago. That's fame. That is lasting fame. And he did it because he had to. He did it because we needed him to be that famous. We need him to be that famous because we need to know him. If he wasn't that famous, we would never know him. If he wasn't that well-known, we could not believe in him. And if we don't believe in him, then he cannot offer to us all the gifts that he has in store for us, all the gifts that he is eager to give us now and in eternity. We have to know him to believe in him and to be saved by him. So we need him to be famous in the same way we need oxygen to be breathable. We need it. And he definitely goes above and beyond to oblige us of what we need. Scripture says in Philippians 2 that being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, namely death on the cross. Therefore, because he did that, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a famous name, the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how well you know Jesus. It doesn't matter if you knew him from your birth. It doesn't matter if you found him today, your first time hearing this message. It doesn't matter if you pray to him hourly or once in a lifetime. Every single person in this room, every person on the globe is in the exact same spot. We need to know him. Everybody, we need to know him. And he is eager to tell us about him. That's the purpose of the church. That's why he created the church. We exist. This church, Acts Church Leander, exists to make Jesus famous in people's lives. And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to make him famous in your life. And that's why the, 
there's one way that Jesus becomes known. It is, it is over a long period of time, not a lifetime. I'm talking a long period of time. It is a progressive knowing of him, a progressive growing closer to him over the course of eternity. And it starts now. And that is why there's a place for you here because it is done in community and it is done over time. That's why you are welcome here because we exist to make him famous in your life. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Gabe, the founding pastor of Acts Church Leander, uh, bid farewell to the friends he made here. And, and I had the honor of being here at his lunch. I watched people say their goodbyes, shake his hands, crying, weeping, hugging him, missing him already. And that's because he's a faithful man. He gets it. This is what he came to do. This is what he made the church to, to do. This is why he gathered you. This is why God worked through him to do such great things here, to make him famous, to make Jesus famous here, to make Jesus famous for you. And if you're wondering, like, well, what, what does that even mean? Because it, it can be kind of a spiritualized term. You can kind of warp it and shape it to make it mean what you want, to know Jesus. It can be a personal thing in your heart apart from the church. That's not really scriptural. It can be uh, one path among many. That's not, that's not scriptural. That's not what Jesus tells us about himself. So I don't want to let that just kind of hang out there and mean whatever we want it to mean. Jesus actually gives us ways of knowing him, and he makes it very clear. In fact, even in our reading, he begins that process. So let's, let's start that. I mean, let's, let's look at what he says in our, in, in our reading. He says to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. He is, he is making himself known to them. He is helping them know him. He is making him famous in their lives. So that he should rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And that's, that's us. We are those nations. We are the ones on the other side of the world from Jerusalem, knowing him, worshiping him this morning. He says, you are my witnesses of these things. See, we get kind of confused because we worship on a Sunday and we consider this our Sabbath. Uh, but let's, let's not confuse what was going on that first Easter because scripture is clear that the women in our reading, the women went to the tomb on the first day of the week, the day after the Sabbath. Now, why, why is that relevant? Why does that matter? Because the Sabbath is a day to be still. It's a day to rest. It's a day to internalize and meditate on God's word. It's a day to worship together and then just, just let it roll over you. Just be affected by it. That's what the Sabbath is for. But Easter happened the day after the Sabbath because it was not a time to rest. It was not a time to be quiet. In fact, the women were immediately instructed, go and tell. The disciples were instructed, go and tell. We are his witnesses. The motto of uh, Leander is, is gather, scatter, serve. That's, that's kind of what shapes what this church does, and that's what we're doing this morning. We are gathering to be scattered, to be sent to our different places and our different contexts, and to serve. And that is the best way we possibly can, is to help 
people know Jesus, to make him famous in their lives. You are my witnesses of these things. Today is Easter. We echo his fame today above every day. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for rising and putting flesh on this abstract concept of what it means to be restored in you, to be saved, to know you, to make that explicit and specific so that we don't get confused, so that we don't wander away from you, but you didn't leave us to that. You, you made it clear how we are to know you and be restored in you. You make your gifts tangible to us, not spiritualized, but in flesh and bone as you kept your flesh and bones. So Father, may we be that presence among your people, among the people of this world. May we be the flesh and bone of your son as he sends us out. May we be the physical manifestation, the service to the world that they might know you in the gospel, that you have died, that you have raised from the dead and that everything that belongs to Christ belongs to them in Christ. Send us with that word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.